Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? I hope that everybody is well and wherever you are in the world, peace has, I hope, rested at your door. I'm hoping for better days and for better times very soon. And in the meantime, I'm so happy that you have joined me on another episode. It's so lovely, actually, because I really love what I do. And my work is still really humbling with all the people that I meet. And I love people and their infinite stories of courage and wisdom. And I believe that everyone we meet has something beautiful to teach us. And sometimes it's not So easy, I have to say, but all in all, there is a greater reason for everything. Now, I have guests with so many deep and emotional stories, and I'm still surprised at the power of human beings to conquer great adversity. It's something that I uh, am in awe. I'm in awe with all my guests, really, at how they have overcome great things. And even experts that I have on here all have been through something in order to achieve the position in their life that they're in. Now, today's guest is no different. I have the pleasure of introducing to you Giampiero Scatalon, and he's from New Hampshire in the United States, all the way from across the planet to me and he is a conversation facilitator and also a public speaker and he tells me that his main goal is to spread the message that through genuine conversations an individual can potentially release years of emotional pain which is very interesting subject. In 2014 He was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder after he had served in combat as a soldier in Afghanistan in 2010. So after having been through the earth-shattering war, he's going to speak to us about the after effects and how it has impacted his life and how he's overcome all of this to try and to rebuild his life but also to try to help others along their journey. So I'd love to welcome Giampiero. 
Hello, Giampiero. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to to be here and to share a little bit of my story and some of the insights I've uh, I've been able to to gather up over the years uh, from just having conversations, genuine conversations, where I've realized that the more uh, we speak, the more we we learn, and if we pay attention, we can learn so much about ourselves and so much about other people if we just listen not to get advice but actually just uh to learn to articulate what is going on inside of us which is not so easy now before you tell us your fascinating story jampiero please tell us a little bit about yourself introduce yourself and what do you do and what is your background okay i i was born in peru and i grew up in peru until i was 14 years of age and then my family uh, decided to immigrate to the U.S. And at 14, I went to the U.S. I had to learn the language. I went to high school there. And uh, I wanted to, I've always, I like people. I like to talk to people. And I always wanted to feel uh, accepted and loved. And uh, I was always striving to be as American as I could and Mm -hmm. striving to be part of the culture and however my accent my peruvian accent and roots always came along with me and uh now i totally own my accent and my background and uh i love that i'm uh, a summation of multiple cultures and multiple experiences and uh yeah being american is part of me but also being peruvian is part of me and I've spent some time in Europe, so a little bit of the European traditions and experiences are part of me. And my my story really starts of self-discovery started uh, in 2010 when I was uh, spent most of 2010 in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. A little bit before that, uh, in 2009, uh, the economy was not uh, doing so great in the U.S. and my biggest uh, concern was to take care of my family, take care of my children. So at 32, I was 32, I joined the U.S. Army uh, out of desperation. I wanted to take care of my family, so I joined. I was concerned that I was, I was not going to make it. I've never been the athletic type of guy, and all the kids, all the young men who were in the military are usually 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. And I was 32, and then being put in that situation, I found myself that I was becoming a little more, a little different. I was able to keep up with the younger kids and, uh, and I graduated from basic training. And soon after that, I was, uh, sent to Germany as my duty station. And then a few weeks after that, I was in Afghanistan and, uh, in the middle of combat. And I was there in combat for 10 months. And then I began to see a lot of suffering, not only uh, on the people with the people that we were fighting against, but also my friends. And to me, the one thing that was the one of the most shocking things that I saw, and I was not expecting to see is children get hurt in the midst of this uh, fighting. Uh, one time, this explosive uh, it got triggered, it exploded, and three children got hurt. And as I was uh, pulling security to take care of these children so the medics could do their job, 
uh, I saw the reflection of my children's faces on the faces of these kids. And that that did something to me emotionally where I started just like tearing up and crying. And then soon after that, I became numb. I became, I was, because of the adrenaline and combat, I was just numb. But uh, I was never the same after that. And the thing is, when you are in combat, you're suppressing all these emotions, you're living with a whole bunch of adrenaline, and being in survival mode, you don't see what you're becoming or turning into. And years later, when I was back in the civilian world, going to school, I began to get overwhelmed, overwhelmingly sad day after day after day, and uh, and I started drinking and suppressing those emotions and feeling numbing those those feelings and emotions until one day I realized this is not a, a long term solution to whatever I'm dealing with right now, and I went to see a psychologist, and for ten months every other week I spoke to a psychologist, and now looking back I realized that. The psychologist was not there to give me advice, was not there to give me tips. He was there to listen. And through the listening, me speaking and listening to myself, I began to realize that some of the things that I was saying were not optimal, were not beneficial for my own personal health. Some of them were uh, partly true things that I was saying. But the thing about thought is like there are things that sound so clever and so true in, in your mind until you begin to speak and articulate those thoughts and then you begin to hear how insufficient how short-sighted they are and this is why i think communications conversations are so important listen to yourself speak and then you will realize okay maybe i need to rethink my philosophy yes. i need to rethink my thoughts mm. yeah. now these conversations um Jean-Pierre, that you were having are we talking about the conversations one has in the mind that then become words as an aftermath? Or are these conversations that you were having with people that you were realizing what you were saying? Or was it a mixture of both? It's a mixture of both because mm. I believe that I see it in like, it could manifest, they could manifest themselves in three ways. One, if you've been to a traumatic event, mm. reach out and talk to a mental health professional. Mm. If that is not an option, find someone that you trust, uh, somebody who has earned the right to, to hear your story. Because if you're just complaining and telling everyone all the bad things that, that have happened to you, mm. it's just complaining. It's not beneficial to anyone. Because you keep reliving that um, yes. that moment and you keep putting energy into that moment. And especially after overcoming and dealing with the aftermath of a traumatic event, not only that you were wi within that moment, there were other people suffering. So, you know, in war, there are no winners, as they say. There's only losers in war. And the soul must, on some level, deeply be tortured by this yes yes 100 percent. some people see that well unless you got shot or you got wounded mm. uh, then you got hurt but no everybody comes back hurt everybody gets affected by it you you will never unsee or unhear or undo the things that were done mm. and i think this is what uh, triggers uh, ptsd is this uh 
the world as you know it gets destroyed. And now you're in this unknown territory and now you have to make sense of it all. And, and what are the um, symptoms? What, how long after that you came back from Afghanistan did you develop these symptoms? And what were they? How, how did you change? What was it? Your perception of the world? I know I deal with people on this level a lot. Um, because you, everything becomes, in a way, a completely different perspective. And you see things in a way that you could never imagine that you'd seen them before. It's a multi, I would say there are multiple processes and expressions mm. of it. Uh, one thing that uh, immediately happened, and I heard from a lot of the people that were close to me, that mm. knew me, is that, Jean-Pierre, you don't smile like you used to. What happened? So people began to see that, I, yeah, I was not smiling. There was no, you don't only smile with your lips with your with your mouth you smile with your eyes you smile with your body and something about the way i was showing up was dark so that was one of those things the other thing is your language change changes you become in my case i was a little more cynical and nihilistic uh, i was like no, what's the point nothing matters who cares mm. and that was not. That's not my essence. That's not who I wanted to be. That's not the reason why I joined the military. I wanted to take care of people, not uh, being a in a dark place where like ah, none of this matters. What's what's the purpose of life, anyways? And my language changed. My the way I was showing up changed. My posture, and then I be in spite of everything that I should have been grateful for, and that I am. My kids were healthy. I was in a happy relationship. I had, uh, I was going to school, all those indicators that life is good were there. And yet I was feeling overwhelmingly sad every day. I was feeling all these negative emotions and uh, I began to drink a lot to numb the pain. But uh, I think it's Brene Brown who said that when you numb all, when you numb all those negative emotions, you also numb all the positive ones. Well... It goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It goes hand in hand. And I know we spoke about this um, earlier before we came on air, but you told me that you had a lot of spiritual experiences and they're very interesting. If you'd like I, to share, it would absolutely. be very interesting, yes. Uh, the gaming process is like... Uh... I was a, an older man joining the, the U.S. military, so I've always read a lot of psychology books or self, mm. self-help self books. And all those insights, all those reminders were always there. And after I realized through therapy that uh, through conversations, through telling the truth, through trying to make myself a little better every day, that I began to see hope and light at the end of the tunnel, I developed this uh, this idea that the light at the end of the tunnel, it's you. Uh, there's an optimal version of us that we wish we could be. And when you're going to struggle, when you're going to difficulties, if you become a little more than that person you wish you could be, it gets easier to navigate through the tunnels. And then when I went through that process, I was speaking, I was being almost more honest, more loving to myself. Then I discover uh, that there were other 
possibilities available uh, available to me to discover more about me. And then I also discover plant medicine, which is ayahuasca. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. What is that, um, Jamkira? Well, it's 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 a drink. It's a it's a brew that comes from the I, I would say the Amazon rainforest. It's uh, two different plants that you take and you, it puts you in a altered state of mind. It's an, it's a hallucinogen where basically your ego goes to sleep and you are encounter with pure thought. Pure thought where like you take a thought to its logical conclusion as opposed to censoring yourself. Oftentimes when we talk or we think, maybe we get a bright idea, but then immediately the ego gets in the way and says like, well, you're never going to do that. Or no, who do you think you are? No, that's, that's not you. Uh, but somehow the ego goes to, goes to sleep. And if you think of something, whether good or bad, you have to be careful. You have to prepare yourself to do one of these ceremonies of ayahuasca. But whatever you bring with you will show up in a greater form. Yes, I mean, the, the, the great spiritual masters are always, when you, what I've experienced by meeting several spiritual masters is whatever you're afraid of, whatever your issue is, or whatever your hang-ups are, when you're in the presence of something such as a spiritual experience, it becomes huge. So, for example, if you're afraid of spiders, spiders become huge like dragons. It's something that somehow the reflection of that fear becomes great. Mm-hmm. And um, the ego is a tricky thing, isn't it? It, it sure is. Mm. And uh, it keeps you, the, the ego or the brain, they want to keep you safe. Unfortunately, self-development, self-growth, sometimes you have to go and encounter those dragons and put yourself in a way, in harm's way, to be able to confront something. Like, for example, to have a conversation about something where you want to apologize. You have to put yourself in a vulnerable situation where you have to acknowledge, I did something wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong or bad. It's just like, I made some choices. Here I am. I'm trying to apologize. And it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel good to put yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. And I think self-discovery is the same way. It doesn't feel good when you go to a psychologist and you listen to yourself speak and then you realize that part of the problem is you. It doesn't feel nice and and pretty whenever you do one of these spiritual retreats and then your mind is open and you realize that part of the problem is you. And if you want to change the world, it's up to you. And it begins with you, the way you talk to yourself, the way you behave and the choices you make. And I think that's the scary part that at the end of the day, part of the solution, in fact, the solution to your problem, it's you. Mm-hmm. But that's a huge responsibility to take the responsibility that actually we were talking earlier that in order to change the world, we have to change ourselves. It's so simplistic. There's no point in trying to change the world unless we ourselves have become changed. And not to the point, it is not about this. This is the greatest as we said before, this is the greatest lie. It is not about changing to become something that you are not. Because this is where the difficulty is. In this world of comparison, everybody wants to be like everybody. But this is not the point. The point is to be oneself 
And unless we change to become more of who we are, the reality of us, it is our life is going to be complicated. It's going to be full of suffering. And I'm interested, in Jampiera, in these retreats that you talk about, because I do retreats um, myself, I run them and I've attended many as well, is what sort of things have you experienced and how has it helped you with your post-traumatic stress disorder and you as a soul? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I've participated in seven of these retreats. Mm. One of the things that they tell you, if you go to a place that is properly organized, they will give you a lot of warnings. If you are taking medication, it's not good for you to participate. If you are going through a very emotional moment in your life, try to sort things out. And then when you're in a better place where you're willing to work, because at the end of the day, it's work that you have to do. Mm. Uh, so they, they guide you through the process. They give you all these warnings and then they start talking to you about this diet. And it's not only having a light meal and prepare yourself to, to, to participate in this event. The diet is also what you think, what you watch, what you read, and whatever you bring with you is what you're going to be able to work with. And if you come in with a lot of negativity, blaming other people, feeling sorry for yourself, you will get to experience so much more of that because that's what's in, inside of you. I heard from a spiritual teacher one time, if you squeeze an orange, you're not going to get apple juice. You're going to get orange <laughs> juice. <laughs> yes, that's very true. You see, it's very simple. I think we make yeah. it complicated, but it's very true. We do. Yeah, we, we make it very complicated for ourselves. And so, and so the point of that is just that when life squeezes you, when God, whatever you call it, when when, when you get squeezed by life, whatever's inside of you is going to come out. And this is what people call a bad trip because whatever is brewing inside of them comes out and immediately they say, I want to stop this. I'm having a bad trip. It's just they don't want to deal with what's already been brewing in there for a while. And in a way, you have to eliminate it. One of the components of this ceremony is they call it a, a purge. And your body reacts to these chemicals and your body wants to throw up Mm. Or you, you just want to eliminate something and uh, they give you a bucket. And immediately when you feel like you want to throw up, they say, just be humble, pick up the bucket and throw up. And it, it, it goes hand in hand with a physical reaction, but also an emotional reaction. The moment you let go and say, OK, I'm going to throw up, then a whole bunch of thoughts and images and ideas and visions begin to come up, come up, come out. But if you fight it, you will feel sick. You will feel disoriented and it will be, it's agony. <laughs> yeah. It's confronting and, the darker side of us, isn't it? Yes, you, you mm. confront everything and then mm. you begin to learn to say goodbye to things. It's like a, a, a bad experience from your childhood, a, a traumatic event from war or from a, a time when... Uh, you were hurt by someone or you hurt someone. This is the thing is like to some people, we may be a blessing and to other people, we may be a stumbling block. And then to be confronted with that, to realize that not only are you good, but you are also potentially a hurtful person and you need to learn how to regulate that. That is, that's one of the greatest lessons, isn't it? Is that we have all of us 
we're walking that fine line of sanity and madness and we're also walking the fine line of good and bad in the sense we can choose we are who we are in essence our essence is good i do believe that in in everybody the essence is good but it's what we choose to follow what our actions are determines what effect we have on other people and i think that is not only a daily choice it's a momentary choice how am i going to react to the neighbor that shouted at me how am i going to react to my husband or my wife or my brother or my sister every moment is an opportunity and a responsibility and this is the difficult part i think for many people to understand you're right it is uh, one of uh, one of the people who has influenced me a lot in the way i, I think is uh, edhard tolley mm. uh, he wrote the book the power of now wonderful of book things, wonderful book it, it is mm. it's, it's like once i read it i was like my eyes were open a little more and i began one of the things that comes up in my mind is what he said that redemption is in the now mm. because when tomorrow shows up it's right now yes <laughs> and, yeah and to, and to realize like you said earlier moment to moment okay i've got all these wonderful things in my life but right now here i am whatever decision i make or whatever i say is not only going to have an impact on me but it's going to happen it's going to have an impact in the people around me it, it ripples and and we have to be mindful that everything that we do has a huge effect everything that we say can have a huge effect and like that's why i said earlier we could be a blessing to some people but a stumbling block to other people but in either case it is needed yes. they are needed to be in our life for that moment and we are needed in their life and some of our greatest enemies can be our greatest teachers yes yes what i think like life as uh, shakespeare said you know mm. the world is a stage yes uh, and we we are going to play many parts sometimes we're going to make our entrances mm-hmm. and our exits mm-hmm. but if you want to this is the problem the ego gets in the way we don't want to make any mistakes and if you don't want to make any mistakes you're going to find yourself hiding most of your life mm. and you're going to have to show up and you're going to do it poorly. You are going to fall flat on your face. You're going to say things. You're going to hurt people. Redemption comes when you realize that you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Brene Brown says, there's a difference between I did something bad as opposed to I am bad. Yes, that's a good way to put it because we are not, there's many philosophies out there, as you know, but we are not, our thoughts. I really don't believe that. I think thoughts are just momentary things that like the wind, they come, but they we do not have to own them. Right. There's uh, one thing that with what you just said, uh, I thought of a Carl Jung. Mm. And he was he's one of the most uh, influential people in psychology. And he, he's written so extensively about thought, psychology, mystical experiences. And one of the things that he said is that we don't even know where thoughts come from. Yes, it's very true. So the moment we try to identify with our thoughts is when we begin to suffer. 
and uh, of course all the yogis all the mm-hmm. gurus that they're trying to teach us is like don't don't take anything personal don't become attached to your thoughts uh, let go let go and set yourself free from your yes. thoughts and this is this is the real meditation that you actually become thoughtless you become connected to the divine mm-hmm. and you are as one mm-hmm. there is no separateness there's that, that, that is so true connected i love what you just said connected to the divine we we are like instruments and we need to allow the expression of the infinite to come through us and don't get so cocky and attached to say well, i did that yes i am that it's like mm. that then you lose it you lose that ability to be the manifestation of the infinite because we are as you say what a beautiful way to say it we are the manifestation of an infinite power yeah i like to call it god because that's what i believe but i know everyone has their own belief and they're entitled to that but if we are the mirrors of the divine then we don't really have much to worry about if we could only connect connect to that source that yes. infinite source of power that is tremendous and accept that we can be the vessel for that mm-hmm. it, it, it's interesting because everything has uh, kind of like the yin and yang it has its uh uh Everything is a paradox in a way. Mm. And we go through life and it's useful to label things, but we must remember that things are that label and mm. so much more. Mm. And for example, like right now, I feel full of energy because I'm speaking. Mm. But I, if, if I identify myself with I'm a public speaker, then I'm negating other parts of me that I'm also a lover. I'm also a father. I'm also a husband. I'm also a civilian in this huge world. And don't focus and don't take things personal. It's like, well, if I'm a speaker, that's all I am. And I need to be consistent with this because you are numbing everything. You're so much more. There's so many parts that come from, you know? Mm-hmm. And not to label oneself because we are so many facets. We're, we're like a diamond and there's so yes. many facets to us. We are not just one piece. Yes. We are multiple pieces that create a kaleidoscope of beauty. Yes, and, and that's, that's what makes us so, so interested, so infinite, so, uh, mm. so beautiful. And I think we suffer the moment we get attached to one version, one identity, because I'm thinking of Socrates who said, uh, if, you, if you don't get what you want, you suffer. And mm. even if you get exactly what you want, you still suffer because you know it won't last forever. This is where the despair comes in. And maybe it is to not want anything, but to accept everything that comes, which is not easy. It's not. Like all these things, Mm -hmm. and and this is the thing, is there is a difference between, you learn things twice. You learn the concept, and you can know the concept, Mm -hmm. but it's not until you practice it and you embody it that you get to experience it viscerally. And then I think life, life is a, it's about experiencing things and knowing something is not enough. 
because your values are not your values until they cost you something. Yes, very true. Very and you true. Have to, you, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, there's a difference between telling someone I love you as opposed to somebody knows that I love them because I show them and I show up every day. Like, this is the thing about a relationship. It's like moment-to-moment thing. Yes, I'm married to you, but I want to have that experience of I love you every day, not just while well, I'm here. It's like, no, we live in a world full of people, and yet we can be in a room full of people and feel lonely because the experience of love is not happening from moment to moment. What is that loneliness, though? What causes that loneliness? Being attached to the past. Mm. For example... Oh, I remember when I fell in love with you. It was wonderful. <laughs> but that's not there anymore. Things are not like they used to. It's like, yes, because you're, you're not who you used to be. Ne- neither am I. Like, we were constantly evolving and changing. <laughs> and we need to not so romanticize the past and hope that things, well, if things could only be like they used to, it's like impossible. You're attached to a memory. Create a new experience. And you can literally fall in love with someone from moment to moment because you're creating new experience, new experiences and new moments and new, you're creating new memories. Memories are great. Just don't be attached to them. Create new ones. Because we have to stand on the bridge of the now. Mm-hmm. The past yeah. has gone and we can never walk there with our footsteps and the future, we might never walk there. And the only thing is the now. And we are all evolving. Every mm-hmm. second, we are different. I mean, even the simple things of how I thought yesterday is a little different to today. So we are in this stage of enlightenment, of, as you say, we are the light. And I really believe that. And I totally agree with you. And the light, depending on where it shines, it's still, for example, the sun is still the sun, but depending on how it shines, it can make everything look different. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, But it remains the sun. It it remains the sun, absolutely. And and this is the thing is we we need to remember this... uh, there's these two polar energies. I mean, like life is a paradox, so there's two polar energies that are complementary. We need a little bit of darkness and a little bit of light to be able to appreciate the other. Mm, mm. And I heard once that, you know, it is the space in between the notes that makes the music. That's very beautiful. And when we're expecting that life should be happy, 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 it's like, no. But what is happiness? Because... What's happiness for you might not be happiness for me. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think we we need to appreciate the moments when we're not happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or it's like those, it's that space in between the, the notes that if we didn't have those moments of unhappiness, we wouldn't be able to appreciate the happiness, the happiness. And life, life is a paradox. It's, it's the only way we can appreciate what we have. We appreciate the day because we know that there's night. We appreciate the night because we know that there's the day. And so on and so on. Unless we had that, um, I don't think that we could 
be balanced in our souls, in our hearts? How can we find balance unless we know the extremes of the two? Sometimes we need that difference to have that eternal compass point within us. We do. We do, absolutely. And, 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 and I think it's, uh, we have to trust that, I mean, if, if nighttime comes, we have to trust that daylight will come eventually. Mm. Mm. And I think it's that longing that, I mean, whenever you're in love with someone, I guess I love talking about love because relationships are awesome. Mm. And, and it's the spent, beauty of life. If there is no is, love, then what's the point? Exactly. It's just mm. to, sh- to sh- there's a difference between having a happy moment and having a happy moment that you get to share with somebody else. Mm. Mm. And sometimes if, if you spend every waking minute with some person, then you're negating also the other parts of them. So sometimes you need that space. Sometimes you need a little goodbye. And I look forward to seeing you again. And that's with everything. That's with happiness. That's with day and night. We need those moments, those pauses in life to be able to have that longing and to be able to look forward to creating a new, something different. Was it Khalil Gibran? Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Jean-Pierre, who said, let there be separateness in our togetherness. And it comes from the very famous, I don't know, have you read it? The Prophet. No. You must look it up. Beautiful. You know, it's uh, he talks about relationships and love and marriage. I think you will like it a lot. And it's not about um, constantly being with each other. It's about looking together in the same direction. Oh, I love that. And I think you will love the book. And it's called The Prophet and it's by Khalil Gibran. And he talks very much like you do about these things. And We have to have a freedom. We have to have a space in between. Unless we have this space in between, we cannot experience that divinity. There has to be also a space in our togetherness. Yes. Absolutely, there has to be. And I love what you said, walking in the same direction. Uh. I, there's a thing that, that that my wife and I say together is mm. like I like to we like to walk in, through this world shoulder sh- shoulder to shoulder mm. walking in the same direction yes looking on the same horizon but you have the ability to be individuals in that beauty you have to be you have to be individuals um, I, I, I've been exposed to so many teachers that sometimes some of the things that I believe now and say, I'm sure people have heard them before, but I like this concept of if you come into a relationship, you should come in there with the expectation to give, not to take. And there's this thing, there's you, there's me, and there's this thing that we create called relationship. Mm. And we are fully committed to give everything to the thing that we call relationship that way. You don't owe me anything and I don't owe you anything. Mm -hmm. We created this thing. And then knowing that the other person could choose to say goodbye, but every day chooses to give to the relationship. 
is it also a case that not to expect anything? If I'm going to give something to you, I shouldn't expect it in return. Because if I'm expecting something, then that's not love. We're bartering then. Right. We, we often talk, we, we, we talk about the concept of unconditional love. Yes, that exactly, no yes. And the only thing I can control in this world, in this mm. life, in everything that I do is how I show up and what I do. Yes. Mm. Unconditionally. Mm. But at the moment I say, well, I'm not happy because you're not doing this, then it becomes a transaction. I can only do this, I can only be happy if you do that. Yeah. Then I'm putting my happiness on your shoulders and that eventually gets really heavy for the other person and they will not stick around for too long. And also it's a case of if we really, truly love, we must love ourselves because it's impossible. I have this conversation with so many people and I can't love you unless I love me because then yes. I don't know how to love. Unless I respect myself and love myself in, you know, people say, well, that's egotistical. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that is on a spiritual level that I actually accept myself. I love myself and I give myself the freedom to be me. Then I'm going to give the freedom to you because how am I going to be free with you if I'm not free with me? I will then just act as a person who buys a caged bird and keeps it there just because yeah. I love you I'm going to trap you but that's not love no it's not exactly it, it's not you people have to choose mm. people you make that decision every day I am free and I can I'm independent I'm, I'm my own individual and I choose to stay because whatever we're creating here together is mm. my definition of happiness but it, like you said earlier, it starts with you. It starts with that. Uh, from from scriptures, we learn in the Bible, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself, mm. which means that the most important relationship is a relationship that you have with you. If you don't know how to love yourself and how to talk to yourself in a mm. very kind way, mm. you're going to love other people like you love yourself, meaning that if you hate yourself, mm. that's how you're going to treat other people. So the continual challenge for all of us, I think, is to be kind to ourselves. 100%. And I know it sounds a little bit uh, paradoxical. sounds like, well, that's just egotism. It's like, it's not. It's not. Asked, it's not. It's not. Not at all. Like the other day I was asked this question. I was in a different podcast and uh, they were, we were talking about my, my history uh, about being a soldier. Mm. And they asked me, uh, do you feel that being a soldier, having been a soldier, that they taught you how to dehumanize people? Mm. And the one thing that came to mind, and, and if you have some insight, uh, I would love to hear what you think. But I said, no, they taught me to be lethal. But dehumanizing, you don't need any training for that. The moment I think I'm better than you, I'm dehumanizing you. And that there's no training necessary for that because we do that. We do that to each other. Well, you haven't been to the school that I've been to or you haven't been to the experiences I've been to. So mm. you're not like me. The moment we, we, we take that stance, we dehumanize other people. You don't need military, military training for that. Well, I don't know. I might be wrong, but the military is, in effect, a killing machine. 
That's what they teach you to do, yes, 100%. But when I look at somebody, I don't look at them as you as a soldier or you as a motivational speaker. I want to know who are you as a soul. Tell me who you are as a soul, because all of these are just effects of choices that you've made. Mm-hmm. And we can be the most evil to ourselves. There's no one that can be more cruel to us than we can be to ourselves. And we have a choice. We have a choice how to treat ourselves, how to treat other people. Mm-hmm. And it lies in our hands. Yes. Uh, 100%. You, if, if you want your, the world to change, begin mm. with you. Mm. Put your house in order, meaning like whatever, wherever you, your body is where you live. Mm. <laughs> the body is where your soul lives. So put that in order. Mm. Let's, uh, let's start with you. How do you treat yourself? How do you treat yourself when you're, because whether you're in a relationship or not, the moment you turn off the lights and you put your head on your pillow, it's you with you. You're all alone. Most people are saying, someday when I find the right person, then I'll be happy. It's like, no, night always comes, and it's you with you. And if you don't have a really good relationship with you, it's hell. It is hell. It is hell. And I think it is not about being happy. I've never looked in my life to be happy, Jampiero. I've looked at my life to be peaceful. Am I peaceful with what I'm doing? Happiness is momentary. You take it when you can. But to be peaceful is a permanent state, which means that no matter what happens, happiness, sadness, sorrow, you are still at an equal state within you. I I, I like what you just said. And it's interesting, and this is why conversations are so important. Mm. There's a quote by Wittgenstein where he says, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it because he's, he was so eloquent mm. in the way he explained things, but you, you use words, don't get attached to the words, you use them as a ladder in which you can climb onto something, and then yes. at some point you must throw away the ladder. Don't, don't get so attached to the word. And uh, people want to be happy, but at the end of the day, if you look around, the purpose of life is not to be happy. Everything around you shows you that life is suffering. Mm-hmm. However, within the midst of your suffering, you can find significance. And that's something that we learned from Viktor Frankl, mm-hmm. being in the middle of a concentration camp. Camp. Yes. Yes. It's not your surroundings. It's what you make of yourself in those surroundings that you can overcome anything no matter what's happening around you you it's it's your attitude to those surroundings whatever that may be in life now Jampiero tell me so you are a motivational speaker is that correct how where are you going with all of this what are your hopes for the future my my hope and my this is what I hope. I want people to engage in more conversations. And it's interesting. Something that I realized the other day, uh, not long ago, talking to someone is that more than a motivational speaker, I want to be a motivational listener. There is nothing I can tell you that you already don't know. There's nothing yes. I can tell you to motivate you. What I want is for you to hear yourself speak in such a way that you're like, oh my gosh, I need to reinvent my philosophy because what I'm saying, what's coming out of my mouth is not as clever as what it 
what is going on in my head. It sounds certain things sound so clever and so beautiful in our head, mm. but the moment we speak, we realize, okay, I need to think that through. That that's not exactly mm. what so, I'm about. So you have is it a company called um, Apex Conversations? It's something that I started recently. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it, it's it's interesting. I heard from 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 a teacher once that mm-hmm. the moment you discover your your calling, whatever you were were put on earth to do, mm-hmm. you're gonna realize that it's something that you've been doing your entire life. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And one thing that I realized because I've traveled so much since I was fourteen. That I've always, I was always talking to people, and this is why I love airport, airports and train stations. Is that me too? Me too. It's beautiful because you meet an, a stranger, and there is none of this. Well, uh, this is my education. This mm. is my, gra- my my background. Here's my CV. Uh, you must respect me. It's like all of a sudden you're like with a stranger in a sometimes in a foreign land. And you're like, hey, where are you going? And then you start a conversation and then you start talking about things, about the things that you wouldn't tell your brother or sister. And then you realize, oh my gosh, we don't do that enough. Because sometimes when we try to do it with family, they know, they know our background and they're like, ah, you're just, you're just you. Mm-hmm. We sort of like, we, we need to prove ourselves to other people and with a stranger. Because maybe because we know that we're not going to see each other again. You give everything. You speak everything. You you, you speak without uh, censoring yourself. And I had these experiences so many times that I said, you know what? I need to do more of this. Mm-hmm. And not for the sake of giving people advice. There's nothing I can tell you. That you don't already know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They, and, th- they say that the greatest teachers, you know, there's nothing they can teach us that we don't already know they just remind us mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's not something that i want to have a monopoly on is it in fact i want to inspire people mm-hmm. to become better listeners and inspire people to to speak more this is this is this is what i say to people look first and foremost if you've been through something traumatic go talk to a psychologist mm-hmm. if that's not available to you find someone you trust and talk to them mm-hmm. not so you can get answers so they can give you advice Tell them, and it takes a lot of courage to tell someone, I want to say something to you. Could you just listen to me? Be with me in this moment. Be present. Don't try to be present. Don't mm. try to resist the urge to give me advice. Mm. Just listen to me. Just because be. I, just be there with mm. me. Yeah, empathy, right? A rarity, but I'm hoping that the world is changing for the better with regards to that. And we will need a little bit of that um, to start this ripple effect in the world. I I believe that with this whole uh, pandemic, Mm. what has happened up to this point is nothing with what is to come. And there's going to be more a need, a huge need for more listening ears because we're in the midst of people who are going to have to reinvent themselves. Yes, very true. And we are yet to see, we are yet to see the effects of that. Yes, we, we have no clue what's, mm. what's to come, but it's coming. And people are going to need to, how do you discover who you are? You speak. Mm. And you create the space or you ask for that space for somebody to honor whatever you're saying. Notice 
what I'm what I'm going to say right now is truth. It's not even about that. I'm trying to discover myself. I'm trying to find myself. Would you please give me, help me with that? And if they if if, if they are not willing to go there, that's fine. Say goodbye and, until you find someone else. Yeah. Now number three, if you cannot find one, if you cannot find find someone who has earned the right to hear your story, get a piece of paper and try to articulate what you're going through right now. Because one thing that I've realized is that uh, feeling anxiety, feeling mm. the, all the effects of PTSD, feeling angry, feeling frustrated, feeling sadness, feeling unworthy, mm. they have one thing in common. They don't feel good. So it's not enough to say I'm feeling, they don't feel good. So it's not enough to say I don't feel good today. Mm. You have to get a specific because your plan of action for when you're feeling unworthy, for when you're feeling mm-hmm. angry, for when you're feeling frustrated is going to be different. But it starts with pinpointing what is it that I'm feeling right now. So, Giampiero, <clears throat> where can people where get, can in get in contact with you? With you? I, I have a website, uh, uh, Apex Conversations, Apex, yeah, apexconversations.com, mm-hmm. uh, also in social media. And if I could just be that person, kind of like in the way that we're having this conversation right now, we mm-hmm. don't even have to, uh, I, I mean, I want people to hear this conversation, but if mm-hmm. people just say, Giampiero, can we have the same kind of conversation you had the other day, or could you just listen to me for a while? You're happy to do that. I'm happy to do that. If that's what I can do, if mm-hmm. I could be a motivational listener, because I truly believe you are the answer for you. And you are the expert of you if you're willing to ask the question and you're willing to listen to you, because through you, whatever is out there, the infinite will be able to manifest your. It will be able to manifest itself through you if you're willing. Very true. And what would you, because we're coming to the end of the um, podcast episode, which I'm so happy. Thank you so much, Giampiero, for coming on. It is, I could talk for hours really about this sort of thing because I have a great interest in it. And I, I want to thank you for coming on. And finally, a couple of lines that you would say to the people out there that have inspired I, you in life? I am, I am, uh, I love Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. And Carl Jung has a quote that says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So I believe that in order for you to make the unconscious conscious, you need to learn how to articulate what is going on inside of you. I believe that the battle of good and evil is something that is happening inside you at all times. And you need to be able to put it into words so you can create a plan of action and create the world that you want. And this is where you can help. So people can get hold of you through your social media, your website. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. If you want to schedule a, mm-hmm. a time when we can have a 15, 20 minutes, an hour conversation, and you want to discover who you are, okay, it's you. All you need is, all you need is a listening ear, somebody who will honor your story. Honor your story. How wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Giampiero. It's been a pleasure to Thank hear you. this because it, it is very hopeful and it's, a beautiful energy that you emanate, that you have come through this darkness, but you are there now to help the other people. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, I hopefully 
you can come back again and I'll have you on another show and you can tell me more stories and tell the listeners more stories and how you've got on with this rather fabulous idea of helping mankind. I will be happy to do that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much and take care, jean Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Goodbye. bye-bye. Well, Jean-Piero Scatalon, what a story. Um, From darkness into the light and that we are all the light. Indeed we are. And we just have to believe that sincerely and truly that no matter what the darkness out there, we are the light. We are the ones that can make a difference. Thank you so much. All of you, wherever you are, for listening, for being present with me. And I really, really appreciate your company. Thank you. And I shall see you in the next episode. Take care, everyone, and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website www.miminovic.co.uk